Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. This is a podcast about the church and for the church. I'm Connor, and normally this is the part where I say, and I'm here with Mike, but today we have a special guest on the podcast, and that is Brian Bush. So, hello, Brian. Hi, Connor. I feel a little bit like the substitute teacher comes in, so hopefully people will uh, <laughs> not doze off to sleep right away. You know, I always liked it when substitute teachers came in. Uh, it meant that we didn't have to do as much work usually. <laughs> But, yes. but but our plan our plan is to not give you the uh, the podcast off and talk about nothing. So hopefully you're still uh, with us. If you don't know Brian, uh, Brian, you've been an elder at Grace for how long now? I'd say about seven years. About seven years. And how long have you been at the church for? Uh, 15 plus. Okay. Okay. So 15 years at the church, about seven years as an elder. And Brian thought he was going to retire about what what has it been two years ago? Just just two years ago, yes. But um, but the Lord had different plans, and and Brian has uh, for the last two years or so been serving as the executive pastor at Grace. So uh, you've been a pastor really for seven years, being an elder. Um, but now you're in the office during the week, and and Brian leads uh, the administrative staff at Grace, and basically does a lot of things that the rest of the pastors are very thankful for because it means that we're not as uh, wrapped up in them. So anyways, but that's not here. Uh, that's not what we're here to talk about today. Brian, uh, we uh, were talking before this about what we we're going to cover on the podcast today. And one thing that's been on both of our minds was something that Mike closed the sermon with last week. And uh, that was a call to everybody as we enter this new year to ask the question, why? And I think in that he meant, you know, as you're living your life, all of us ought to be asking the question as we're going throughout our day, why am I doing what I'm doing? What are the motives, you know, that are guiding me and driving me forward in life? And are those motives to bring glory to God? So, Brian, we were, we were just talking a little bit before, but do you want to just kind of maybe offer some initial thoughts that you've been kind of uh, processing since Sunday? Yeah, I'd love to do that. Um, you know, we uh, ask why a lot when we were children, um, particularly very young children, why seem to be the um, the majority of the vocabulary. You know, two-year-old, why, why, why? And uh, sometimes it was irritating. Sometimes it was, it was good. Uh, sometimes I think even as a child, it was initially information gathering. They wanted to know why. Uh, sometimes it was just to hear their own voice. Um so, so asking why is, is valuable and it's kind of ingrained in us, though I think as adults we tend to forget the importance of asking why. Uh, really is, as Mike was saying, uh, a chance to check motivation. What is the motivation of my heart? Uh, we know from Jeremiah that the heart is desperately wicked, it's deceitful, who can understand it? Our, our motivations um, come from our heart and we, we're often self-deceived. Right. We think, and I assume we all would agree that we're, we want to pursue right motives. And we want to do good, righteous things uh, out of a desire to please God. Um, but when we drill down deeper beyond just the surface, uh, sometimes our motivations are, are a little more selfish than altruistic. And so it's good to, to go back and, and check that. And, and we don't always know how to ask why. We just got done uh, celebrating Christmas, and I uh, remember in the Christmas story in Luke, uh, Zechariah is approached by an angel and says, you know, you're going to have a baby. And he goes, how can this be? And he struck dumb, he struck silent, because his questioning 
questioned God's authority, challenged God's authority. Mary asks, how can this be that she's going to bear a child when she doesn't have a husband? Right. And yet there's no rebuke there. Right. So her asking why was not a rebuke, was not a challenge, but it was more information gathering. So just asking why isn't enough. Why are you asking why? And what is the motivation of the heart? I think mm. is really what we need to get at. Yeah, absolutely. What would you say? And you've been, I mean, you've been living as a believer for most of your life, most of your life. As long as I can remember. Right. As long as I have memory. Right. Yes. I was pursuing so you, God. So you, God. you have yourself processed through this many times, I'm sure, you know, what are my motives and what I'm doing? And then as an elder all the time, you're interacting with people and trying to um, guide them, you know, to uncover their own motivations for what they're doing, maybe the desires that are uh, within them that are, you know, uh, James 4, uh, stirring up inside of them, the passions that are, you know, inside of them, causing them to maybe behave in a, an ungodly way. So my question for you is, just based on your own experience and your time serving as an elder and helping other people deal with their heart issues, what would you say are some of the motivations that can sometimes creep in without us being aware that are actually a, a maybe a selfish or self-centered motivation that we might we might not really uh, be aware of until we dig down. And then how can we, how, how do you ask why and try to dig down to the motives that are really driving your behavior? Pride is the first and maybe major sin. You know, pride is what led Lucifer to fall. Yeah. He wanted to be like God. Yeah. Uh, so I think a lot of times our motivations are really pride oriented. Uh, how is this going to make me feel? How is this going to make me look? Uh, am I going to get a reward out of this? And those rewards can be certainly financial, uh, but oftentimes they're much more subtle. Yeah. They're, I'm going to feel good about myself because I'm doing right things. Yeah. Um, I'm going to feel good because someone's going to be blessed and therefore joyful, and I'm going to get to enjoy some of that. And is that prideful or is that others focused? And it's sometimes a mix. Right. And so to be able to actually understand and, and step back and look at, what am I doing? Why? Um, what am I thinking? Why? What forms my opinions? Uh, who am I listening to? Uh, and what's the basis of all that? Is it scripture or is it things I've heard uh, in life and in, in the world? Uh, very subtle at times and, and often, I think, a mix. Somewhat biblical, somewhat focused on our love for God and love for others but oftentimes a mixture in there of what I want. I want you to feel good because I don't want the conflict. Right. right. Uh, you're, you're recently married. You have your wife ever in tears for whatever reason, whether it's related to something you've done or not. Often related to what I've done, yes. <laughs> but regardless of why she's crying, isn't it one of your first motivations to get her to stop crying? Yeah. I want to comfort her. It is, yeah. And it's, I, I want to comfort her because that is what husbands and wives do. But also, I don't like the conflict. I don't like the tears. I don't want to deal with oh, the fact absolutely. that she feels bad. Absolutely. Yeah. That's such a good example in marriage. You know, maybe, I, I mean, I'm just so new, new at this, obviously, but I'll realize sometimes, wow, I'm actually in maybe, you know, what I would say is trying to help, you know, Emily, my wife. It's actually just, it's just really trying to, you know, guard my own hide in, in the sense of I just want to get out of this conflict or whatever it is. And I, I think that goes, it's a two-way street as well, probably in every marriage. So 
I think that what you said about you know our motives being mixed is so is so true, and it makes all this very complicated. But I do think that it it you know puts us in a position where we need to be having an ongoing conversation with the Lord about these things too. Lord, I'm coming to you because I don't know you know the motives of my heart. It is exceptionally deceitful and wicked, Jeremiah 17, and and it's hard for me to to you know understand even what's driving my you know my thinking, my actions, my feelings. So Lord, please help me to understand why it is, you know, that I'm doing what I'm doing. And and then I, I think of Psalm 19 where David says, on the one hand, keep me from high-handed sins against you, where I know that I'm sinning and I'm doing it anyways. But on the other hand, also, Lord, uh, and I'm forgetting the exact wording, but basically kind of, Lord, forgive me for the faults I don't even know about. There's all there's all the time things happening where my motives are dishonoring to you and there's so much more sin than I'm even aware of. Lord, please declare me innocent from those things too. So I think that, you know, we always have to have the humility to recognize that mixed in with good, you know, motives that are to the glory of God, oftentimes selfishness is rearing its ugly head in ways that we don't even recognize. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think you raised the, uh, the great point. How do we double check ourselves how do we evaluate it and it's humility if pride is what leads us to do what we want because we want it and it's satisfying in some way to ourselves then humility says why am i doing this um god i want to please you lord i think my motives are pure but check my heart god reveal to me that which i don't even know or i'm not aware of because of ignorance, I'm not aware of it, or because I'm choosing to look the other way and not evaluate what my true uh, intent or motives or desire is. Yeah, absolutely. And and with that, I mean, you, I think you could speak to this much more than even than I could, but I think a big aspect of this too is being willing to be open with other people too and just asking for input. Hey, this is a decision that I'm wrestling through right now. I'm thinking of, you know, going in this direction, but do you do you see anything that's off? Are you seeing anything in the way I'm, you know, approaching this that's self-centered, prideful? Am I am I missing something here? And inviting that input from other believers who love the Lord can be really important too. Yeah, having a community of trusted advisors is, right. is really really important. Uh, we have a I have a role that is not necessarily needed by anyone else in the family, but it's my role. I don't send out those kinds of emails until my wife has looked at it and we've gone through what I call the third third edit. I'll write it and I know that I'm not going to send that. Hmm. You know, I'll, I'll clean it up. I'll think this is good now. I'll have her look at it <laughs> because <laughs> I think it's good now after I've gotten it all out and let her look at it and say, no, you need to clear clarify something here. You're not clear or you need to tone it down even more. Hmm. You know, when I worked as an attorney, my, my staff would constantly do that. We, we said, you know, third edit. You know, this does not go out until it's been looked at by at least three people and edited down to make sure that we are clear, that we're precise, that we're accurate, that we're not intentionally offensive. You know, we talk about that a lot, not being intentionally offensive. The gospel itself is offensive to the unbeliever. Right. You know, so I don't want what I say and how I do it to create an offense, the yeah. gospel itself yeah. Yeah. is going to be all the offense that they need. Right. I need to present it in a way that is not going to put up barriers, and I need to check my own motives and aspirations and, and intents in doing that. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Another question for you. I'm wondering if maybe someone's listening to this and let's say, you know, maybe a lot of people who are listening, they might trend more introspective in the way they approach their life. Maybe they're frequently, you know, questioning their own motives or kind of second guessing what they're doing. Is there any danger of navel gazing in all of this in, in asking why to an unhealthy degree? Absolutely. You know, to, to not have the, the heart and the hands go together is always going to be a problem. Having all the love in the world emotionally and not do anything about it is a huge problem. Yeah. You know, doing all these loving things without any true gospel motivated intent is good works, which will pave a great way to hell. Hmm. The, the streets lined with gold and jewels to hell if you don't have the gospel motivation in your heart as to why you're doing this. It's not for me. It's not what I do. It's what Christ through me is doing for his own glory and to bless his church and to bring his kingdom into existence. Amen. Yeah. Robert Murray McShane, pastor, um, I, Scottish, Irish, do you know? McShane's got to be, got to be from the Isles. I'm thinking, I, <laughs> I, I think he's Scottish, I think, but I'm not positive. I'm actually not sure, but UK somewhere. And, and from a few centuries ago, uh, he said, for every one look at yourself, take 10 looks at Christ, which is a good line. And I know, I, I think I tend sometimes to get so wrapped up in, you know, maybe just analyzing motives or these kind of things that it's like I'm, I'm immobilized. And if I was just looking at Christ and trying to follow him, maybe some of these, you know, internal debates, if you will, they might just be bypassed because I'd just be trying to worry about loving the Lord and other people. And, you know, the focus drifts away from self when we're really consumed with Christ himself. And having a good group of trusted advisors helps with that too. Keeps you from being so introspective and reflective that you don't do anything. They'll say, yes, you've thought this out. Yes, your motives are good. Go do it. Right. They'll tell you, stop, right. stop considering it. Stop dwelling on it. Stop ruminating on it. Go do it now. That's so a great point. Yeah. They work well. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's absolutely right. Well, I, um, I don't know that I have much else on this. Do you? Is there anything else that you'd like to kind of maybe leave with as we start to bring the plane to a landing? I would just encourage people now in 2022. I know uh, January 1 is a big time to make uh, resolutions and, and plan all these things. And as Mike even mentioned uh, in the Sermon Sunday, I don't think it's as important for us to make all these grandiose plans of what we want to accomplish or do in the coming year, but to have the confidence to do what we believe God is calling us to do. You want to know what God's calling you to do? Read the Word. Scripture is full of very specific commands of what God's will for you is. Amen. And do that um, and ask yourself as you're going through, why? You know, why am I doing this? Why is this a good thing? And then is this the time and the place for it? You know, we often get caught up, I think, in doing good things that we miss out on the more superior things, the things that, that God might be uniquely calling or equipping us to do. We get very busy with good things. I mean, they're not bad. They're good things, but they are distracting sometimes. And so take some time, ask, why am I doing this? Hmm. Why am I believing this? Why am I pursuing this? And just use the word of God as that measuring stick 
as to what the motives are. And if they line up, God bless you, go. And if they don't, then you have a choice. Either realign mm. your actions and your attitudes, your beliefs to what the Word of God says, or just admit to yourself that you're going to choose to be disobedient. Right. Yeah. One for me. Yeah. Uh, I would like to not choose to be disobedient to God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amen. No, super helpful. Maybe just a parting shot. I really like what Mike, we were talking about this earlier too, but I like the Mike sermon, how he basically said, I'm going to free you from the pressure of feeling like you have to make a million New Year's resolutions. You know, you got to think that across America, there were thousands of pulpits that were, you know, ringing with, here's the big thing that you should be, you know, focus on this year, seven, seven resolutions that'll, you know, change your spiritual walk this year. <laughs> but I like what Mike yeah. said. No, you know, don't, don't feel the burden to, to do something like that. And he, he talked about asking why. And then I think the, even before that, the primary thing was adore Christ. Just let your gaze, you know, kind of return to him if it's drifted and, and I do think, you know, we're, we're gospel people as believers, right? Which means that the the fundamental defining reality in our lives is the gospel or what Christ has done for us, not what we can do for him, you know? And um, I know we know that, but it's just, a, it's a good thing to be reminded of. So even my Bible reading this morning, I was reading um, Revelation chapter two, letters of the churches and just that first church, Ephesus, you know, they hear the words from, from Jesus you are plodding along, you know, and you're you're continuing to kind of remain steady and steadfast, but I have this against you that you have abandoned the love that you had at first and it's grown cold. So that was a conviction that was a convicting thing for me to read this morning and just think about the ways that wow, even as I'm trying to kind of plod along, if you will, or just kind of stay the course, where's my love at for the Lord and am I am I really just delighting in Christ? So Yeah. Yeah. I was reading in um, in Genesis with um, Abram and then Abraham and Sarai and Sarah and God promised the son it wasn't happening so here take my uh, take my servant you know why you know yeah. people stop and said yeah why are we doing this is yeah. this what is honoring to God is this what God has directed us to do hmm. you know, then Sarah comes back and says when she gave her the bad looks and hey. I still got a bad attitude because she's yeah. got a child and I don't. Yeah. Uh, you know, do with her as you will. Why? Stop and ask why even in those great Bible stories that we've learned as a child and are continuing to learn these these truths on, on being self-reflective and, and motivating, you know, looking at our motivations uh, and looking at our heart and, and asking God to create in us a pure heart so that our motives would be likewise pure. Uh, continue to ring true. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know there's a lot more we could say, but I think we will uh, just bring it to a close there. So Brian, thank you for, uh, for jumping in today. And I, uh, I know it's probably nice for everybody to just hear a fresh voice. So yeah, let, let, thank you for letting me uh, substitute today. And uh, <laughs> I look forward to uh, the real teacher being back uh, <laughs> next time and, and getting to learn from him myself. Well, we uh, we're thankful for you listeners and um, just grateful that we get a, kind of, uh, you know, have a chance to talk to you each week. And um, we pray for you throughout the week. If there's ever a question that's on your mind and you want to uh, hear it addressed on the podcast, you can send uh, questions to grace at graceorange.org. Uh, we'd love to try to just wrestle through anything that maybe is especially on your mind. And uh, aside from that, until next week, have a wonderful week adoring Christ and uh, asking why. And we'll talk to you next week on the podcast. Have a great day. 